Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. Brand new year, a little chilly outside. Can you say amen to that? It is wonderfully chilly. Every time I get a little cold in Las Vegas, I think of 110 degree heat and I rejoice in Jesus. It's a wonderful time to be alive. It's a wonderful thing to come into a brand new year and to see what God wants us to do. On Your Marks is our series for the next three weeks. We're going to be talking about getting ready to do what God wants us to do. The word marks, on your marks, is a term that's used in track and field. And it's used to, to tell runners to get ready to get set because they're about to go and if you don't get on your marks then you're not going to accomplish what you need to accomplish if you're not on your marks you're not going to win the race if you're going to plan to win you got to get on your marks uh, somebody said well, isn't it on your mark no it's on your marks in fact we're going to talk about six marks today we're going to talk about six marks that you need to be on if God is going to use you if in 2024. If you want to be used by God this year, say amen. amen. I, want, I want God to use us. It's been amazing what God has done this past year, but it's time to look forward and say, what God, God, what do you want us to accomplish this year? 3,424 years ago, God said to a young man, I have a plan for you, and my plan for you is to go into a land. God gave, God gave uh, 3,424 years ago, God gave a land that we call the promised land to the people of Israel. By the way, God hasn't broken that promise. That still belongs to them. Say amen to that. God, God gave the nation of Israel a little piece of property. We call it the promised land. It's called Canaan. Uh, it is a place where they were to take over. God said, I want you to take this land. I want you to possess this land. And, uh, and it's amazing. 40 years before, 40 years before, they had the opportunity, their, their, their predecessors, uh, the previous generation, had the opportunity to go in. You remember the story. God had delivered them from Egypt. God had miraculously brought them out through many plagues that God had thrown on Egypt. They, uh, the, the Pharaoh finally said, go, get out, and they left. And as they left, Pharaoh changed his mind and they were going to, uh, they were going to kill. They were going to come and take again the captive, these, these Israelites, two million of them had gone out. They faced the Red Sea. Behind them there were mountains. Egypt was, uh, the Egyptians were coming up to get them. They were panicked about what to do. And God miraculously reached down and parted the Red Sea and they went through on dry land and God delivered them. And then that water came and drowned the, the Pharaoh and his armies, and it was a great victory. Those people saw the miraculous power of God. They saw God's deliverance. They saw what God had done. And yet, when God brought them to Canaan's Bardia and said, it's now time for you to enter into the promised land. It's now time for you to take what I've given to you. You've got to go in. They sent in 12 spies. And when they sent in those 12 spies, those 12 spies looked and they saw what was going on in the land. They, they said, yeah, it's beautiful, but there's a problem. There's giants in the land. 
there's giants. And, and he, they said, we look like grasshoppers in their sights. They, they'll just squish us. We can't go in. And they came back. Ten of them gave a bad report. Two of them gave a good report. And the crowd said, oh, we're going after that, that bad report. We, we, we can't go in there. And they were fearful and they were afraid and they lacked faith. And because of their fear and because of their lack of faith, God said, okay, since you don't want what I'm going to give you, since you're not willing to take a step of faith, because you're not willing to go in and take what I've given to you, for the next 40 years, you're going to wander in the wilderness. And for 40 years, that generation missed out on the blessings of God. Now, God still provided for them. They, they did drink water in the wilderness. They did eat flesh in the wilderness. And God did provide for them in the wilderness. But they could have had so much more if they would have just believed God and moved forward and done what God wanted them to do. What they said was, we don't want the race. We don't want to get in on the race. In fact, we don't think we can win. We're not going to go. And they missed out on what God had for them. It's now 40 years later. It's now 40 years later. Moses has given them the commandments of God. Moses has given them all the instruction. And now it's time for a new leader to come on to, uh, onto the land. And it's, it's, it's a, a new leader is going to take the children of Israel into the promised land. And they're about to enter into a new beginning. I think it's so appropriate for a new year for 2024 or for 2024 for us to look at this story. It's found in Joshua. Take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And let's read the story of what takes place. The Bible says this, now after the death of Moses, verse 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. That word minister just means servant. So he, all Joshua was, up to this point, was a servant to the leader, the leader of two million people. So God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Moses is dead. It's all over. Moses is dead. I'm going to give you this land. And I want you to take the children of Israel, and I want you to go into the land. Man, this is a huge thing. This is, Moses is the man. Moses, throughout the Old Testament, he is the solid guy. Moses was used to, to write Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. I mean, these, these are huge shoes to fill. And God just comes to him and says, hey, he's dead. It's your turn. Hey, he's, your, he's dead. You, this is your place now. <laughs> the Bible says, he says, this is what you're going to do. You're, you're going to lead these people, these two million people uh, that Moses couldn't take into the promised land. You're going to take them into the promised land, and you're going to conquer the promised land, and you're going you're to set up cities in the promised land. Wow. He says, I, I've given this, this to the children of Israel. He, says, he gives a promise in verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given to you, as I said unto Moses. This is your place. This is your, this is your position. This is what I've given to you. From the wilderness, and then he describes the place, from the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river Euphrates, 
at the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and these were the giants, and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. This is going to be yours. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of their life. He gives them a promise. He says, listen, nobody's going to be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. There's some amazing promises here. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. When he's saying, you're going to go in, you're going to do what Moses couldn't do, you're going to take these people, you're going to conquer this land, and just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. So he says in verse 6, be strong and have a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide the land for an inheritance, the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Listen, you're going to do what I promised their fathers would happen. You're going to fulfill the promise. This is what you are going to do. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Well, how do you get strong and very courageous? How do you step into this type of position? that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whither thou goest. Don't, I'm gonna, you know the law. Moses has given you the law. You do exactly what the law says. This book of the law, he says in verse 8, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. That's not talking about oh, oh. He's talking about focusing on what he says. Think about it and rethink about it and rethink about all that the law has. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, and thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And it's not just meditating that causes God's blessing, but look, look, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Focus on studying the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. Get into the, and at that time, all they had was Genesis through Deuteronomy. You study the Word of God and do what it says, so that way you can prosper. God wants His people to prosper, and it's by studying the Word of God that they prosper. Haven't I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. How do you get strong? You get into the Word of God. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Father, I pray as we're looking at this very important passage of Scripture that you'll help me to communicate. Father, help us to look at the marks that make a church great, a family great, and Father, make a people great individuals great help us to learn from the life of joshua and help us to get on our marks and i ask this in jesus name amen when i look through this 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 story of joshua the beginning of this story and i think about six different marks that had to be true in joshua's life and have to be true in your life and my life if we're going to succeed in 2024 if he was going to succeed then there were certain things that he had to do the first one is this he needed to know his place he needed to know his place listen for 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 40 years he has followed moses for 40 years he's looked up to moses for 40 years moses has been the leader for for 40 years god has used him and now boom he's gone now it's over now god says listen that was moses's place it's now your place this is your place 
You are going to serve me. You are going to be the leader of this people. I have a friend who was a pastor of a very large church in Indiana. He was, he, he was voted on and, and became the pastor of that church. I was talking to him uh, just right after he became the pastor of that church. I think they run about five or 6,000 every Sunday morning. I, he said to me, he said, Dave, I feel like a turtle on a fence post. He said, if you see a turtle on a fence post, you know it didn't get there by itself. The fact of the matter is, if you're in a position of leadership, you're in a position, any position that you're in in life, you didn't get yourself there. God put you. If you're in any kind of position of influence, God placed you there. And God knows exactly where he placed you. Sheldon, he's got you where he wants you. Johnny's got you where he wants you. And you need to understand that you are where God wants you to be. He says to, to Joshua, Joshua, you need to understand Last year, Moses was the uh, last year Moses was the leader of these two million people. It is now you. It's now up to you. At the end of last year, I was reading a, a post on social media, and a guy was lamenting the fact that so many Christian leaders uh, have passed away in 2023. And he ended his thing by saying, what are we going to do without these leaders? And it's a very simple answer. Look, it's time for you to step up to the plate. It's time for you to do something. It's time for you to get busy. Don't lament the fact every one of us are going to heaven someday. Every one of us are going to be out of here. And it's our job to prepare the next generation. And if they, those great leaders had done their job, if they, if they did their job, then, hey, listen, we are now ready to do what God wants us to do. There's a place for you. Whoever you are, whatever you is. Listen, I, there, I, I was thinking about all the people that I, I learned from. I was thinking about, about the fact that I learned from a great Christian leader how to win souls, but he's dead. I was thinking about uh, Jerry Falwell. Jerry Falwell used to say this. He used to say, use every possible means to reach every possible person in every possible way. People say, why do we do all the crazy things we do around here to reach people for Jesus Christ? Why do we have a radio station? Why do we have Bible studies? Why do we have, why do we have outreaches? Why do we have a Saturday, a Saturday soul winning? Why do we do the things that we do? Because I heard my mentor say, this is what we need to do. Why do we constantly tell people to pass out tracks why do we do that because i i followed somebody else and i learned to do those things and that's what we do here because we learned from them but the, the, the truth of the matter is the greatest soul winners that i've ever known died so we stop winning souls no now we pick up the mantle now we do what we're supposed to do now we give out the gospel we don't lament the fact that they're celebrating in heaven. What we do is we pick up the mantle and we go forward and we find our place and we do what God wants us to do. It's time to step up to the plate. It's time for you to, to know your mark. It's time for you to say, this is my place. And I don't know what your place is. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But you need to understand that God has given you a place and God has given you uh, a, a service, and God wants you to step up 
to leadership. Years ago, years ago, we were, uh, uh, Matthew was having a, a conversation with his mother, and, his mo- has, and he did something that he wasn't so, supposed to do, and my wife said, Matthew, you're not going to do that again because leaders don't do that. And Matt turned around and said, what if I don't want to be a leader? You ever feel that way? I don't want to be the leader. I don't want to bet people. I don't want to. My wife turned around and said, with all the boldness that little old lady can say, she wasn't a little old. I mean, I, I, I don't want to get in trouble here. <laughs> I meant that little lady is what I meant, okay? With all the boldness that little lady, she looked at him and said, you don't have a choice. You're going to be a leader. That's what God's saying to you. You don't have a choice. You can let this thing fall, or you can be like, the, like 40 years ago, and you can, you can, you can say, ah, I'm afraid of the lot giants. Or you can step up to the plate. Know your mark. Know your place. Mark number one is know your place. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Uh, this may not be what I want to do. This may not be what makes me feel good. But I'm not, I don't, I'm not caring about myself. I'm going to take up my cross. That is my responsibility. I'm going to take up whatever it is God wants me to do. And I'm going to follow him. What is it that God's given you to do? What is your place? What is your place? Number one, you need to know your place. Number two, you need to know your purpose. You need to know your purpose. Look, look in verse 2. Look, let's just read this. The, again, in verse 1 it says, Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. He's gone. Now, therefore, arise. And he gives him his purpose. Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, to the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Here's your purpose. Here it is. It's right there. Joshua didn't have to go looking and try and say, oh, what is my purpose? Why am I, oh, I don't know. Let me tell you something. You don't have to do that. If you're a child of God, your purpose is right there in front of your face. You don't have to go get counsel from anybody else. You, you say, well, what is God's will? What is God's purpose for me? Listen, it's right there in front of your face. God has a purpose for you. Let me, let me give you some things. Number one, if you're a child of God, your purpose is to pray. You say, how do you know that? Because God told you to pray. He said to pray. He tells us, uh, he says, when you pray. He doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray. God wants you to pray. If you're a child of God, your purpose is to pray, to go before him and spend time with him and ask him to work miracles in your life and in the lives of those around you. It is God's purpose for you as a child of God. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to question that. Oh, should I pray for this or shouldn't I pray for that? No. If somebody comes to you with a need, I've had several people just today say, hey, preacher, uh, pray for this. And we prayed for it right then. Pray for it right then. Somebody came to me a, a few minutes ago and said, hey, pray for my son. I just found out that, uh, that he had fallen and hurt himself. I didn't know about that. So I prayed for him. We need to pray. That, that's, that, that's, that's part, at least, of your purpose as a child of God. If you're a spouse, 
If you're, if you're a spouse, what's your purpose? Your purpose is to please your spouse. Say, so where do you get that? I, hey, listen, ladies, you might want to mark this down. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 33, the Bible says a husband is to please his wife. Mark that down. You want that? I'm giving this to you free. You can use this. Look at him and say, you're not pleasing me. But understand this, that your purpose is to please him. Oh, that messes everything up. You're a spouse. Your purpose, I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to, my purpose, Dave Tice's purpose as a spouse is to please my wife. So where do you want to go to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Let me please you. Whatever you want. Uh, listen, uh, your purpose is to please your spouse. If you're a parent, if you're a parent, you say, what's my purpose? As a parent, you're, you're, the Bible says, look, not to provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You, your purpose is to play with your children. Have fun with your children. That's not something you have to wonder about. Well, let's see. Should I go out and I have this, oppor this great opportunity, or should I spend some time today with my family uh, because that's what I'm supposed to do? Hey, hey know your purpose. You can make decisions in your life very simply. Well, I'll lose out on this money if I do that. If I just play with my kids, I'm, I'm going to lose out on this opportunity or that opportunity. doesn't matter. There's going to be all sorts of opportunities. Don't neglect your children. Play with your children. What I'm saying is your purpose is right in front of you. It's based on who you are. Understand your purpose as, as, a, as a servant. If you're, a, if you're an employee, Understand your purpose is to provide service. That's what you're, you're here to do. So I don't have to wonder if my boss comes to me and says, hey, I need you to take care of this and take care of this. And, 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 and you're a servant. You say, oh, okay, great. Now I know what God wants me to do. I know what my purpose is. It's to get this job done and do it to the very best of my ability. What I'm saying is this. Joshua knew his purpose as a child. As an adult child, my purpose towards my parents is to honor my parents. The Bible tells me that. I don't have to wonder about that. I need to make sure that I honor my parents. As a, if I'm a child at home, I'm to honor my parents. The Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. It is, a, it is a, as a child, that my purpose is to praise my parents, to tell wonderful things about my parents, to honor them. If you're a friend, what's my purpose as a friend? The Bible says we're to prefer one another. That is to put others first. That's what I'm supposed to do. Now look, if I understand this, this is, who, this, is, this is the place God's put me in. This is the place that God's put me in. Whatever place it is, whether it's at the job or in your home or whether it's in church, whatever it is, whatever place God has put you in, look, understand that this is the place I'm in and hey, this is my purpose. God looked at Moses and said, this is your purpose. You're going to take the children of Israel and you're going to go into the promised land. Look, whatever it is, whatever, whatever it is that you, wherever, whatever place you are placed, God has a purpose for you there. Our purpose is to be representatives of God in whatever place he's per, uh, put us. Our purpose is to represent God. I was, I was um, uh, this past Thursday, I needed to, uh, I realized it was getting close. I had to get my motor home down to, uh, 
to the smog place to get it smogged. And uh, I got the, the warning in the mail uh, that they're going to charge me $8 million if I don't get it uh, smogged like right now. So, so I, I took it down to get it smogged. And, and when, I w- when I went down there, uh, I was pleased because nobody was in line. And so I, I pulled around, and the guy, said, the guy saw the motorhome. People aren't really pleased about doing stuff to motorhomes. And, uh, and so I, I pulled over, and I didn't know what the guy was thinking, but he just said, oh, well, you can't pull in this way. You're going to have to pull, you're going to back up, and you're going to have to pull in this way. And he told me what to do. And he was just, he wasn't mean. He was just straight-faced about everything. Uh, they, well, you need to pull the thing back here, and you need to, uh, is this where you want? No, no, you need to back it up, and you need to put it in here. And I said, yes, okay, just tell me what to do, and I'm uh, obedient. I'll be obedient. And so he told me, his name was Trevon, and, and he said, pulled it up, and he pulled it up, and uh, I pulled it up, and I, I got it set. Uh, I said, now, what do you want me to do? He said, take this thing and plug it in, and I, I did everything he told me to do. I just was obedient and did what, what I was supposed to do, and, but and there was just not, it was not like not reaching out, being friendly. It was just do this and do this and do this and do that, and, uh, and uh, after, after the whole thing was done, I pulled the thing out. In fact, I'm thinking, my this is going to flunk. That's why he's not happy. He's, it's, I'm, I'm going to flunk the test. And uh, so he, he did the whole thing. He passed. Uh, I passed the test, and I gave him back his cords, and we did everything. And, and I said, hey, can I give you something really good? I reached in my pocket, and he said, what's that? And I said, I said uh, this, is, this is something I wrote. And he, he read it. You can know you're going to heaven. I said, you know, I went to church all my life. Nobody ever told me how I could know for sure I was going to heaven. And I said, when I found out what the Bible says, I wrote it down, uh, Trayvon, because uh, I wanted everybody to know that. And that guy who'd just been straight-faced the whole time looked at me and smiled. He cocked his head. He said, wow, man. He said, that's great. Thank you so much for that. Man. I mean, and, and I said, you're welcome. Come and see me sometime. He said, I'll do that. And, and I drove away. Trayvon had an opportunity to get to heaven and now, I, I, when I'm driving away, he's, he's standing there at the booth just reading the track. That's a wonderful thing. Trayvon has an opportunity to get to heaven. I was driving home from, uh, from, I don't know where I was. Oh, I was dropping Trey off yesterday. I was driving home. I had to stop at Smith Food King. and went into Smith Food King uh, to get some bananas. And when you go into Smith Food King to get bananas, you also have to get ice cream. And so... <laughs> This is health. This is health. And so I got, some, I got some bananas and some ice cream, and I'm checking out. And normally, you know, they, they got that express lane. You just go in, and you can check yourself out. But those, those were all filled, and there was one aisle where, where there was a, a checker there. And I thought, hey, I'll just I'll go through the checker. and Because uh, and, you have to weigh the bananas, and you have to figure that out, and I'm not good at math. And so I, I got that, and I, I, I gave it to, I gave it to uh, the lady, and uh, she's taking it, she's, she's checking it all out. There were three people that were standing there, and there was people around, but all of them walked away. Uh, the third person left, and there was only two people there. There was a lady named Carla, and there was a lady that was checking us out, and checking me out. I mean, checking out the food, you understand. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, how come you always say the wrong thing? Anyway, so, uh, so, I'm, I'm getting checked out, and, there's, and as I'm doing that, uh, afterwards I get, I get stuff, and I said, hey, I said, uh, Carla, I could see Carla's name tag, and so I, I, I love it, the fact that people wear those name tags. You can call them by name, and they think, they forgot they're wearing the tag, and they're shocked. 
this guy knows me. And I said, hey, Carla, I said, can I give you something? And I reached in my pocket, and I said, I handed her this, and, and the, uh, the lady looked over, and I said, here's one for you, too. And she said, I said, uh, I said the same thing to her. Uh, I, said, I said, you know what? I went to church all my life. I wrote that. She said, you wrote that? I said, yeah. I said, I went to church all my life, and nobody ever told me how I could know for sure I was going to heaven. And when I found out what the Bible says, I wrote it down so everybody could know. And they were so, they looked at each other like, wow, that's great. That's good news. It is good news. Can you say amen to that? And they were thrilled to get that. Now, I had to leave because there was other people in line. But the fact of the matter is, we have that opportunity, and we need to understand. You need to know your place. My place at that moment was to be a, a customer in a grocery store. That was my place. But my purpose as a customer in the grocery store was to represent Christ. Uh, my, my, my place uh, at Trayvon's place was to get my, my car smogged. That was my place, but my purpose for, for being there was to give Trayvon an opportunity to go to heaven. You understand that? The Bible says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's your job. That is what you, I don't care what you do to make money. Your vocation, your job on this planet you, as a child of God is to give the gospel to people. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to focus on. You need to focus on that. The, the Bible tells us that, that, that God has a place for us and God has a purpose for us. And you need to know that purpose. Now look at verse 3 again. The Bible says this, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. I want you to understand, you don't just need to know your place, not just your purpose, but you need to know your position. You need to evaluate the position. What position has God placed you in this world? Every, every place, he says, that the sole of your feet goes is yours. Well, that was a promise made to Joshua, and that was a promise made to the children of Israel. What position has God placed you in? What position has God placed you in? Where are you most effective? In your job, where are you most effective? What, what, what position has he placed you in? At church, you need to have a position. You say, this is my position. God didn't call you just to warm the seat that you're in. God has a position for you in this church. Where, where can you serve? Where can you serve? Evaluate. What can you do? Don't just sit back and say, well, maybe somebody will tap me on the shoulder someday and tell me this is where I should serve. No, you need to find a place. What are your abilities? What abilities do you have? Not everybody has the ability to preach. Not everybody has the ability to sing. In fact, some people, we just don't want you to sing. But, uh, but uh, uh, the, the fact of the matter is not everybody has those abilities, but everybody has an ability Everybody has uh, abilities. This morning, uh, Stan Mitchell and Doug Cottle were out walking the parking lot in the early service. They may be doing it during this service as well. They were out just making sure that uh, nobody was going to hurt any of uh, the people of this church. We have a security team. That, that's, that's their position. They, they know their position. Uh, we have people that serve in every different area, children's ministries and Bible clubs and, and just uh, outreach. There's all sorts of different positions. What's your uh, positions? What is, what is your abilities? What are, what are the spiritual gifts that God has given you? What are the possessions that God's given you? God gave them land. What possessions has God given you? What, what, what is your position in your family? What kind of time, what kind of talent, what kind of treasures are yours 
that you can use for God. You see, God wants you doing something for him. And I think God wants everybody within that's a member of Liberty Baptist Church to be serving some way at Liberty Baptist Church. I love it when somebody comes in and says, hey, I want to do this. I want to serve. I, I want to do something. God wants you to. What, evaluate. What is your position? What can you do? Just be, be open. You say, well, I don't know what my abilities are. Then talk to people around you. Evaluate your position. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, Paul says there are, within the local church, there are diversities of gifts. Different people have different gifts. But the same spirit, same spirit that gives, gives uh, me to preach, gives, gives you to do whatever. And there are differences of administration. God uses us in different ways. But the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations, but the same God which worketh all in all. Now listen, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. That means, Daddy, that God's given me a gift to benefit you, not to benefit me. That means God's given me a, 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 a gift of Bruce to benefit you, not to benefit me. And that's what I need to be thinking. I need to understand that God's given me something to benefit you, and God's given you something to benefit somebody else. Somebody comes along and says, well, preacher, I, I remember years ago I talked to an older man, and uh, uh, he was about my age and uh, now, uh, but he was quite old at that time. And uh, I, I, I said to him, I said to him, listen, you need to come to church more often. You come every Sunday morning, and we love you, and, but you need to come Sunday night and Wednesday night. And that's what he said. He said, Dave, he said, I don't need to come Sunday night. I don't need to come Sunday, Sunday uh, Wednesday evening. And he said, I've heard everything you're ever going to say. He said, I've been in church all my life. And he said, I've, I've heard everything you're going to say. I know everything you're going to do. When you start in a passage, I know that passage of Scripture. I already know that. I don't need that. And I looked at him, his name was Mac, and I said, well, Mac, you ever think that somebody might need you? Can you say amen to that? Amen. It might not be that everybody, that you, that you need anything, and maybe you've gotten so much of the Bible that you could quote it backwards and forward. That, that's great. Then somebody needs you. Somebody needs you. You need to understand this, that, there, that you have gifts that God wants to use. You have a gift of encouragement. You have a gift that God wants to use within the local church. God established the local church. He has said that, this, that, that we are his bride, his body. We need to understand that. And you're in this church. You need to get involved with other people. Evaluate your position. How can you serve? You can go to, we're going to talk tonight about connection classes. You can go to your connection class leader and say, hey, what can I do? I want to, I want to be involved. I don't want to just come here and sit. I want to be involved. You can go to Pastor Neil and say, I want to get involved in discipleship. I want to grow this year. I want to do something. You take the gifts that God has given you and grow in those things. What's your position? Get on your mark. Mark number four is claiming God's promises. Look at this. Look at verse four and five again. It says, From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, you, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, those were the giants, and unto the great uh, sea towards the going down of the sun shall your coast, shall be your coast. And there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days 
of thy life. What a promise. He goes on to say, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Wow. Claim God's promises. Claim God's promises in 2024. Claim God's promises. Don't let Satan tell you you can't do that. You can't serve. You can't be. You don't, don't listen to him. Some, sometimes we are so positively negative. It's amazing. I can't do that. I can't do that. I won't. I can't do that. It won't. I cannot. That's not going to happen. We say it in so, so positively negative. I can't. I can't. I won't. I can't. I, I, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. No, look, Joshua, God came to Joshua and said, look, you're going to go in and you're going to do these things and I'm going to be with you. You're going to uh, take your, these people into the promised land. I'm telling you, God said here that if Joshua did God's will, nothing could stop him. Think about that. If Joshua was doing God's will, nothing could stop him. Years ago, a, a professor of mine named Dan Mitchell said this. He said that you are unstoppable. You are unstoppable if you are in the center of God's will. That's true. If God's got a plan for you, then it's not, and you say, I'm surrendered to that plan, then you're not going anywhere until he completes that plan. Now, you can disobey and get out of the will of God. But the fact of the matter is, God has a plan for your life. Don't you sit back and say, oh, I can't go in. Look, they, the, 40 years before, the people said, there's giants in the land. Yes, the, look, at the great, look at the grapes of Eskel. Look at all the blessings. Look at this. This is, called, this is called the Fertile Crescent. Look at all that happens here. Wow. But they said, no, can't do it because there's giants in the land. We just can't do this. Their focus was on the negative instead of on their God that could deliver them. They had fear and they had a lack of faith and so they didn't go in because there were giants. Can I tell you this? Listen, listen, listen. There's always going to be opposition for whatever you decide to do. Whatever you decide to do with your family, whatever you decide to do in service for the Lord, whatever you decide to do at your job, whatever you decide to do that God wants you to do, there will be opposition. You need to understand we are children of God. Somebody asked me, do you believe in uh, alien invaders? Yes, I do. We are the alien invaders. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God, an extraterrestrial, came to live inside of you. And he brought with him God the Father and God the Son. He lives inside of you. And what you, are, you, you claim as a child of God is that there's another kingdom. And one of these days, our, our extraterrestrial king is coming to this earth to take over this earth. We are the invaders. Can you say amen to that? That's who we are. And, and I'm telling you, uh, that we need to understand that and we need to understand since we're the invaders the people of this world hate us they hate the work that we're doing you start doing a work for God you start the, the work that you're doing starts advancing and you're going to get criticism David said it this way he said why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing the kings of this earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed that's you and me saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. We don't want to hear what God has to say. He that sitteth in the heavens, I love this, will laugh. 
God doesn't panic out because people hate him. God doesn't panic out because this world is going contrary to him. God doesn't panic out because there's wicked people who are trying to destroy the work of God. He sits in the heavens and he laughs. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. God's on your side. Say amen to that. In fact, say that with me. God's on my side. God's on my side. That we need to understand that. We need to believe that. that we, we are the winners. In Psalm chapter 11, someone had come to David and said, look, it's terrible. You're like a bird. And, and, and you need to flee because they've got bows and arrows and they're about to kill you. And, and if, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Look what David says. David says, in the Lord I put my trust. How, how say you to my soul, flee as a bird to, the, to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow, and they make ready their arrow upon the string, and that they may privily shoot at the upright in the heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? What are we going to do? David's response is, the Lord's in his holy temple. Can you say amen to that? The, the, Lord's, in, the, 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 the Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. He's not panicked about it. He put his trust in the Lord. Trust God. Claim God's promises. God's made promises to us, his children. What, let me give you one. That Romans 8.28 says, All things are working together for good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose. You get in your place. You claim, God, you, you claim God's promise. You fulfill God's purpose. You do what God wants you to do. And then you just get out there and you say, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. Claim God's promises. Then number, number five, I, <laughs> I love this. Remember God's provision. Remember God's provision. Look at what it says in verse 5 again. It says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of our life. There's the promise. Now listen to this. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. He says, I was with Moses. And just like, now listen, this is an amazing statement. Just like I was with Moses. Moses, the guy that confronted uh, Pharaoh, the guy that brought the plagues on, Moses, the guy that was there that you used to part the Red Sea, Moses. Moses sent plagues. Moses divided the Red Sea. Moses brought water out of a rock when they were thirsty. Moses was used by God to feed two million people in the wilderness. Wow. He says, God says, look, remember what I did for Moses, remember, it really strengthens our faith when we remember what God did for those ahead of us. See, you're not, you're, 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 you have a whole line of people that you follow. There's, there's multitudes of people that have gone before you, and God provided, and God provided. For 2,000 years, Satan has tried to shut down the move of God and he's failed and he's failed and he's failed and he's failed and he's failed. 
You're in a, a long line of victory agents. So say amen to that. Amen. We need to understand that. What it, we, we just need to do what God wants us to do. He, and, 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 and so God's saying to Joshua, if you get a little discouraged, remember what I did. Remember the Red Sea. Remember what I did for Moses? Because everything I did for Moses, I'm going to do for you if you need it. Everything I did. That's why it's so wonderful. If you go, if you go to the book of uh, Hebrews in chapter 11, there's, there's, a, there's just a litany of people God lists. We call it the hall of faith because there's a, it's, it's a chapter that's dealt with all these people that God used Moses and God used Abraham and God used Isaac and God used Jacob and God used... And it just goes on and on through all the stories of Gideon and Samson, all these people who were used of God, and they won. They won. Remember God's provision. That's why we read the stories. There are people in your life, there are people in your life that you look at and you say, wow, they lived a victorious Christian life. They, look what God did for that person. God lets you see what God did for him so that you can say, if God did it for them, God can do it for me. In Hebrews chapter 12, after going through the hall of faith, God says this, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. The picture here is a great coliseum. And he's saying, look, all these people have gone ahead of you. They've, they're, they're out, they've done it, and they are now like in a coliseum watching you. They're not on the field anymore. They're in the stands. They're watching you. You're on the field. You're there running the race. They've run the race, and they are now victors, and they're watching you. It's your turn. It's your place. It's your position. If this is, these are your promises. Now, what are you going to do with them? Wherefore, he says, they're all watching. It's as though those in heaven are watching to see what's going to go on earth next. Where, and it's you. It's you. Wherefore, we're seeing, we, we are, are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin which doth easily beset us. Get rid of the things that are stopping you from running the race. And let us run the race with patience that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. If, if you get discouraged, look to Jesus, because he ran the race. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. It wasn't easy. He endured the cross, he despised the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the majesty, or right, right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, consider, think about him who endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest he, ye be weary and faint in your mind. You do what God wants you to do. When Satan says you can't do that, just do it. Just do what God tells you to do, just be faithful. And remember, there are people watching you that have already succeeded, and you are the next on the list to succeed. Just keep doing what God wants you to do. Claim the promises of God, and then remember God's great provision for you. He, he provided for others. He'll provide for you. And the last thing I want you to see is this. Mark number six, procure God's power. Get God's power in your life. You say, how do you do that? Look at what he says in, verse, in verses uh, 6 through 9. The Bible says, and be strong and of a good courage. Well, how do you get strength? 
For unto this people shalt thou divide an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Where, where do you get that strength and that courage that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses thy servant commanded thee? Oh, we're getting a clue. Turn not from it from the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Look, here's where you get your strength. You get into the Word of God. You start studying the Word of God. You get close to Jesus. And the closer you get to the Word of God, the closer you're going to get to Jesus. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Focus on what the Word of God says. And thou, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Don't just hear it, but do it. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You know, he's very simply saying, you need to get close to Jesus. You need to get close to Jesus. You need to, and the way you do that is you get into the commandments of God. They only had Genesis through Deuteronomy. We have the entire Word of God. He's saying you need to study the Word of God. You need to get into the Word of God so that you can get close to Jesus. I was driving down the road uh, two days ago. As I was driving down the road, I like to read bumper stickers. Bumper stickers are a lot of fun. Sometimes they're not so fun, but um, sometimes they're just hilarious. I, 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 so I saw this bumper sticker, but it, the print was very small, and the bumper sticker was very small. And so I kept getting closer and closer and closer so I could read it. And I'm not, I'm not even concentrating on driving. I'm just getting as close as I can to read it. And when I got really close, I could read, are you as close to Jesus as you are to me? And I thought, boy, that's a message, isn't it? We need to get close to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we do that by studying His Word. You know that God established the local church as a place where you can get connected with other people, and then you can get connected with God? Do you know God never intended for a Christian to live the life by himself? Do you know that God wants you to grow in your connection with other people? God wants you to study His Word. And you can study His Word by yourself. We have wonderful opportunities to read the Bible and to listen to the Bible. And it's all, all around us. But I'm, I'm telling you that God established the local church as a place where you grow. The church, the local church, is the body of Christ. If you want to get close to God, get close to His church. Get close to other people within His church. I don't believe that you can grow in Him without growing close to one another. That's why I encourage you to get involved this year in discipleship. Get involved this year in a connection class. Get involved in a connection class. Well, I don't know. It's so hard to come there Sunday morning and then come back on Sunday night. Hey, listen, throw that giant out the window and just say, I'm going to do this because I want to get close to other people. The Bible says God's given you the church, not just for the preaching of the Word of God, but He's given you the church so that you can grow in your fellowship with others. The Bible says this, in the first, the first church, first century, the churches, there were people who said, hey, Adam, I'm just not going to go to church. And he says, look, he writes to the Hebrews and he says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. You want to be strong? Then here's how you get strong. For he is faithful that promised, and let us consider one another. This is how I get strong. I consider you, and you consider me. I think about you, and you think about me. That's, that, that's, that's strengthening. I... I uh, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. See, Paul, you need help. That's the truth. You need help. I need help. 
uh, Steve, you need help. And you're not just going to get it by just coming and, and hearing uh, a message once a week and saying, okay, I came in, I did my thing. No, there's people who need you and you need people. So he says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You see, I can, I can say, okay, all right, okay. I wasn't expecting that win. Okay, okay, all right, okay. I can do that, but I'm not going to get what God wants from me. If I'm running out the door, running in the door, running out the door, I'm not, people have actually told me they like this church because it's big enough where they can hide and, and, and then get out. That's why you need to be involved in a connection class. See, the Bible says this, and he gave, God, God gave the church for you a place where you can grow. He's, the Bible says that he gave some apostles. The apostles that God's given to us wrote the New Testament. God used them to write the New Testament. So we have the apostles' doctrine, and, and so we have the apostles. He's given us prophets. Prophets are people who preach the Word of God. You come in here, and you hear the preaching of the Word of God. And then he gave some evangelists. These are people who preach the Bible and motivate you to win other people to Christ and tell other people about Christ. And then he gave some pastors and teachers. These are people who teach you the deep truths of the Word of God. Why? To perfect. That word perfect means to mature the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. God gives you, gives you teaching preachers and, and gives you teachers within the church so that you can become the mature believers that God wants you to be so that you can know your place, know your purpose, know your position, and serve Him within the local church. And you grow together that way. God wants you involved. I, I encourage you with all my heart, get involved in a small group in this church. Get involved in a connection class. Get involved in your, in your prayer circles. Get involved in these things. Because you need that. We need one another. And then that's not all. You grow in Christ by, <clears throat> by surrendering. The Bible says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We know His power. As we understand His Word, as we grow in His Word through personal study, through collective Bible study, we, we then surrender to His Word and we're filled with His Spirit. If you then, he said, what do I need to do for that? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? You can ask the, ask the Father to fill you with His Spirit, and He will teach you and help you grow in that knowledge of His Word, and then you'll be strong. So, what am I, what am I saying? 2024 is in front of you. 2024 is in front of you. What are you going to do with it? The, the children of Israel and Joshua had been given the promised land. But there were obstacles out there. And God said, I want you to go in and I want you to overcome those obstacles. I want you to do this. In order to do that, you've got to know your place. You've got to know your purpose. You've got to evaluate your position. Where is it that God wants me to serve? You've got to claim God's promises. 
And then you should, you should remember how God provided for others. Others did this. If others can do this, then I can do this. Too. And then you need to procure God's power. Very simply say, God, I, I, I'm going to study your word. I'm going to get into a position where I'm closer to other Christians. I'm going to get in a position where I'm studying your word together with them. And I'm going to be what you want me to be. We're going to take this land. Let God make your 2024 as successful as the, as the children of Israel who went in to conquer the land. Don't let the obstacles stop you from becoming all God wants you to be in this next year. In this year. Next, it's not next year. It's now. Do it. Let's pray. Father, help us to take the truth of your word. Help us to apply it to our lives. I pray that we will not just be satisfied with the status quo, but Father, we'll just determine to grow in you. I pray if there's somebody here that's not saved, that they'll get saved right now. And I ask this in Jesus' name. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.